Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope as you listen to this message that you will encounter God's transforming presence. Father, we thank you for Tanya. We thank you for the incredible, just, yeah, kingdom bringer she is, God. I thank you that how you knitted it together was so so right for your plan for her life, God. I thank you that you've made her who, someone who's tenacious for the things of the kingdom, God, but also you've made her someone who's a joy bringer as well. God, you've given her an awesome sense of humor and an awesome sense of God. And Father, we ask, would you just release your power to her right now as she brings your word today, that she bring it in spirit and in truth, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right, we're going to do a quick battery change for you. Two seconds. Thank you very much. (laughs) I love when things like that happen because it makes it more real, you know. It's just like, it's life. It's like batteries and this. And I just just told Dan that I want really good close-ups so people can see my pores online. (laughs) I kid. When Actually, when I see someone that's really shy from the worship team or something, I go like, I'm going to zoom in on you. And they're like, no. Like, I never do it. Like I, I'm not that mean. Like, I'm not just, I just enjoy the look on their faces. It's like, it's like sheer terror. And I'm like, are you, are you for real? <laughs> but this is not my preach. No, 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 no. <laughs> but this week, uh, in, during worship as well, like thank you, Praveen and and team. Like they were doing something so beautiful about hosting the presses, and I just want us to kind of like rein in and and go back. To that, to that moment, to that encounter of how in tune were you with the presence of Jesus? And sometimes it's just so easy to to navigate and to just like, oh yeah, we're talking offering and notices and this, and we're praying for people, and everything is worship. Like everything that we do is worship for the Lord, and it's worshiping God. But if you if you just want to just lay hands on yourself on your heart, on your head, on whatever part of yourself. But, Lord, we just acknowledge that you're here. Holy Spirit, the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And we just want to acknowledge that you are here. So we open up our hearts. We open up our minds. We open up every single fiber of our being to encounter you. Would you show us a new side of you? Would you show us who you are? Would you allow us? Would you allow us to have encounters with you in your ways? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And the one of the the awesome things about God that I so enjoy is that He will meet you according to your spiritual makeup, to your spiritual DNA. So the fact that He'll meet Pasha. Probably in not the same way that he would meet Zach. And the message will be completely different, yet the transformation, you recognize when someone has been touched by Jesus. They look different. They seem different. They, there's something about the kingdom that it makes it so different to any religion. Like Christianity is so different because it transforms you in, in a way that you, you cannot make this stuff up. But it not only transforms you. It actually empowers you to walk in miracles and signs and wonders and things that are so supernatural that you have no possible explanation. And that's one of my favorite things about Jesus, that he is no respecter of persons. Like, he would meet everyone because he made us all. And I'm going to touch a little bit of how Jesus is for everyone. It's not about, oh, Brent is Jesus' favorite and Praveen, eh, sorry, Praveen. Not today. (laughs) Everyone is God's favorite. He knows our makeup. He knows our DNA. And he will encounter you. No matter where your heart is, sometimes like we make it so much about ourselves. And it's like, yes, a lot of times we get in the way of just encountering God. But it's just, it's wonderful. Like, I see, and I'm going to read like this amazing, amazing story. So I'm going to read in John 4. And I'm going to start in John 4, 43. 
I think I have the scriptures in there, Dan. I just, if not, that's okay. Uh, I'm reading from the NIV. And it's basically when Jesus heals the official son. And to me, I'm going to read two stories that are basically one after the other. And if you read the Bible, like it's, it's a fascinating book because it's got so many chunks of wisdom and so many things that so many times like I would just read it and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let me go back to that. What, what was it saying? What? And basically it starts saying that after two days, um, starting in verse 43. So after the two days, he left for Galilee, talking about Jesus. Now, Jesus himself pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They, they had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they have also have been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you would never believe, ooh, got special effects, like, whoa. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it's the presence of the Lord. Um, <laughs> Jesus said, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. And the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. The man, and this is what fascinates me. So you may go. Not a great conversation, nothing. You may go. Your son will live. And then it says, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that that was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So this man, I was reading the story. I was like, this man, they didn't even have a proper conversation. Like, Sir, come, come, come with me. Oh, you may go. Your son will live. Okay, cool. I'll go. I'm like, that's wild. That level of faith is wild. And I was like, yes, of course. Like he had faith and that's why the son got healed and and yet, a few verses later, we have a total different story about Jesus having an encounter with someone that had a different DNA, a different makeup in the spirit, a different, yet he sees the same results. And I'm like, wait, there's a pattern here. Wait, what's the pattern? And I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. But if we go to chapter 5, so John 5, skip a few verses, and it says, first one. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast of the Jews. Now, there was in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. So we, we're familiar with the story. It's the pool of Bethesda. But I just want to point at verse number six. This is the man who has been there like for 38 years. Like, I mean, 38 years. Can you imagine being there, being an invalid, and just being laid because they did not have health care, or maybe they did, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that the conditions were not humanly appropriate. I don't know. Like I bet that it was it was a hard time. It, it was it was not a pleasant place to be. Nobody wanted to be there. Like all oh, the sick people were there. What if you get, ooh, you got something contagious. I don't want to be near you. But it was like, no, the angel would come and everyone wanted to be there. This guy has been there for 38 years. And sometimes I read the Bible and just like, no, wait, 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 wait. These are people. 38 years you're sick. 38 years you see no hope. 38 years of seeing and watching other people get healed. And the angel comes and stirs up the water. And every time that you try and drag yourself to get into the pool, someone else jumps before you and they get healed. And you stay there 38 years. 38 years of that. So probably he was a bit older because the Bible says that he was there for 38 years. I'm like, that's baffling. And then it says, verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he has been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, 
I have no one to help me into the pool when the water steer. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat, his mat and walk. So this was not like, yes, at your word, I'll take you. Like, I'll just uh, go ahead. Like your son is healed. No, this guy actually had reasons why not to believe. And he was given reasons, Jesus, the excuses. Like, it's because of this, it's because of that. I try, but is this a... did that matter to Jesus? Nope. And so many times, like, even us, we, we have created theology based on like, I'm not doing enough. Maybe I'm not, I, I don't have enough faith. Maybe, I don't, I, where is the faith in here? And I'm like, what? That's almost a little bit offensive to, 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 <laughs> to the religious like theology. I was like, Ooh, what? No, yeah, no. He didn't even say yes. I want to get well. <laughs> He did not even say yes. Just said, like, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, I have no one to help me. Da, 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 da. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And then at once, the man did that. And how many times have we make it all about ourselves? We make it, a, oh, it's because I'm not making the effort. It's because I'm not spending enough time in the presence of the Lord. It's like... Let me, and I propose this. It doesn't matter if you spent 24 hours in the presence of the Lord, if you're doing it out of religious duty, if you're only doing it because it's like, oh, I'm, maybe if I spend more time with him, if I fast for Lent, then he'll give me something. Yes, it could work, but that's not the point of the gospel. The point of the gospel is to get to know him. Because he is accessible for everyone. He is for all people. He would not turn, wherever your heart is, whatever condition your heart is at, he's after your heart. He's not after the makeup and how well, how well you look, how, how posed and how, how good you look today. Like He knows and he, he sees through the hearts and he pierces through appearances. There's nothing that it's hidden from him. So it's not about looking good and, oh, wow, they're fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Look, they're almost levitating over there because they've fasted 40 days and 40 nights. It's not about that. Like, you can be eating the steak, the most amazing steak. Praise Jesus for steak who's with me now. Yes, preach. <laughs> so you can have the most amazing dinner steak and have the most encounter, amazing encounter with Jesus. Because it's not about the outer performance. It's about your heart. So it's not even about the man saying, like, Jesus saw the cry of his heart, like the desperation, the, the hopelessness. That It was like, get up. Do you want to get well, sir? I don't know if this and that and the angel. Blah, blah, blah. Get up. Walk. That doesn't matter that, if, that he didn't have faith. He didn't. They both have an encounter. They both had an encounter with Jesus. Like this man at the pool, he had the same encounter with Jesus. Like he he got his healing and got a hard connection with Jesus. The same for the official and the son. The son got healed. They didn't even have a great conversation. And then, oh, this is my favorite one. Jesus is for everyone, for all people. Like it doesn't matter. Like you're your upbringing, your race, your social status, like Jesus, if you have the heart to get to know him, he will come and he will meet you. Mark 7. Basically, um, it's talking about, uh, yeah, Mark 7, 24. And I was not planning on talking about that, but while worshiping, while, while worship was happening, the Lord reminded me of this story. And I was like, how did I not see that? How did I not think about the story when I was preparing for the preach? Like, this is great. This is proof that Jesus will meet you wherever, wherever you are. It's about... <laughs> <laughs> Sometime later, Jesus was doing something. <laughs> I love that. I love the special effects. Like, <laughs> um, but we're talking about the 
the faith of the Syrophoenician woman. The thing about her, I love her because she refused to get offended. If you think about it, Jesus was so rude, like in the natural, like he was so rude, like he knew, but he was only obeying what the father, it's, the Bible says that he did only what the father did and he saw what, what, the, what he saw the father doing. He would speak out of that. He would, everything that he was doing was in perfect will and aligned with, uh, um, align, aligning with the will of the father. And yet he knew that he was only sent to the sheep in Israel, to the lost people in Israel. So it was not his time. He was not here for the Gentiles. He was not here for us. He was there to prepare the way and to talk to the people of Israel. And yet, this woman, she's amazing. Because she refused to get offended, she pulled for herself what was not for that time. And read that with me. It's just amazing. So, she said, I'm reading from verse 25. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. She was like, whoa, Jesus, you're calling this woman a dog? You're calling that... I mean, like, oh, if he had social media, oh, people would be like, TikTok. Oh, just like, Jesus of Jesus, like, just call you. No politically correct. Jesus, like, why are you calling this? They're not dogs. Oh, Jesus, you're so disrespectful. Oh, Jesus, you should be more loving. Yet the Bible says he did. So anyhow, yes, it says, verse 28. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The, demons ha the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. So he was not called to minister to the Gentiles. He was not supposed to be performing miracles or signs or wonders for anyone who was not an Israelite. And yet... Because she refused to get offended. Because she tapped into the reality of a better covenant. Jesus had not even died yet. But because of his death, it's us like Gentiles that we can join the Jews. And we get to share and partake salvation because of what he did. She saw into the future and she basically grabbed it. Well, not, not, not my time yet. Not the time for the Gentiles yet. Yet I see something in you and I will place a demand. And Jesus knew that, and I, I love that about Jesus. It's like, okay, he recognized his faith. April was like, she refused to get offended. The tabernacle of David, and you see it with Kirsten. We were talking this morning about how there's the same God, the same amazing, powerful God throughout the Old Testament and goes into the New Testament. So it's not like, yes, the New Testament is good, and it's, there's the grace. And like, yes, it's true, but we need the Old Testament that gets... It's a full-on circle. Like, we need the revelation. Are you guys familiar with the tabernacle of David when he started in, um, with the worship that it's going to be 24-7? But up, up to that point, basically only Levites and the high priest could come into the presence of God once a year in front of the covenant, of the, of the Ark of the Covenant. And then David basically goes like... Well, the king has this new idea, guys. And uh, so what does the king want? Well, he says that everyone can come before the Ark of the Covenant. And can you imagine being the first group of Levites? Like, I hope we don't get like <laughs> consumed by fire. Because like, for centuries, like they've been doing that. Like it was only once a year. And it was only the high priest that was allowed to be in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And David comes like, okay, now we're all going to do it. And we're going to do it 24-7. What is he? Is he high? Like, what's going on with David? Like, I'm like, go, gosh. And can you imagine, like, being that first group of Levites? Like, okay, guys, we're going to go. But then again, it's the same principle. Jesus is for everyone. They saw, David saw something about the grace. David saw something about that was ahead of his time because that's what Jesus came and did. Like he basically separated 
the curtain, the division between us and the Father. And that's what David did. Like that was a prophetic declaration of David doing the same thing. But who instructed it? And how did they not die? Because again, it was not their time. It was not yet. They were under an inferior covenant yet because someone dared to believe and someone dared to tap into how, who this God is. It's like, no, 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 no. I know that there's something more and I'll run with that. And that faith just paid off and paved the way for the tabernacle of David. And I'm like, how much more we that live in this day and age I'm sorry for all the cessationists, but miracle signs and wonders still happen today. I've seen them. I've experienced them. And I know that I have not seen anything yet. And I'm not only talking about miracles that, yes, I love to see people healed. I love to see people getting delivered. I love, But also, he transforms hearts and minds and emotions. And... I was telling Kirsten that one of my favorite things about someone that I know that has had an encounter with Jesus and has a transformed mind is the impossible seems normal and almost like an invitation. So I was like, oh yeah, that's really dark. That's a really dark place. Yeah, we should go there, right? <laughs> and you see like people with transformed minds, they would see an obstacle. It's like, oh, big giant. Oh, I'll have you for breakfast. And I was like... There is something about the renewed mind of Christ that will give you access to think the way he thinks, to see life the way he sees life. Because let's face it. So show of hands, who thinks that God gets stressed? Who thinks that God panics because he doesn't have enough money or resources? Who thinks that God has not enough faith to see all of the evil in the world disappear? But like that, he blows, it's gone. Psalm 2, I love that psalm because I think it's verse 5 that says like, and he who is in the heavens laughs and scoffs at his enemies. So it's like, (laughs) cute. (laughs) You think you've got anything on me. And that's what a renewed mind will do. So, let me, let me propose that if we are seeing challenges not as an opportunity, maybe we need our, not, our, our nights, well, our nights as well to be renewed, but our minds to be renewed and refuse to get offended. So things don't go the way that I want. Does that mean that Jesus doesn't love me? Does that mean that I'm, no, it's life. We live in a fallen world, and sometimes things don't go according to plan. And for those who are following the the journey, I know that I've shared a little bit about my dad and his health uh, journey and everything, how God healed him from cancer, like none of the organs were taken, none of the organs were affected, yet the symptoms came back. And it came to this point where I was chatting to him, and hello, they said that they were going to be watching, so, hey, dad. Hey, mom. (laughs) But I was talking to them this week, and basically they took him to a hospital because uh, he was just in severe pain, and he has pneumonia and anemia. So we were praying, and we have been praying, and we have been contending. But you know what the best thing about it is? I was talking to my dad, and he was like, do you know what? I have this great project. Like, I'm... I've started writing a book, and it's going to be a book about this wilderness. He called it his his summer camp because you get extra classes at summer camp. So anyhow, they're like, yeah, I'm I'm on summer camp. I'm like, summer school. And okay, yeah, fine. Uh, But he said, like, I've been talking to the Lord, and I want to write a book about how much clearer I am hearing God through this wilderness and the encounters that I'm having with God through or in the midst of pain, in the midst of things not get, prayers not getting answered the way that I want it, at the time that I want it, at the time that I feel like I need it. And I'm like, who is this man? <laughs> it's like, and he goes like, yeah, I have the structure of the book. I have the chapters. I have this, da, 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 da. So I'm, I just need to start writing. I'm like, wow. And Jesus is meeting him 
even when we're not seeing the the healing or the transformation in the physical in the physical in the spirit there's so much going on and we refuse to get offended god can heal but even if he doesn't like in the book of daniel even if we would not bow down to you nebuchadnezzar like we don't do theology based on experiences that fall short out of the word of God. My Bible says that Jesus healed every single person that came to him. Do I see it? Not yet. But that doesn't mean that doesn't happen. This is my compass. Not this. We are anchored into a bigger reality. And Jesus is not. He, he doesn't have favorites. Like he would not favor this person more than one person. There is favor of the Lord. And that is because of your journey and how you connect to his heart. But that doesn't mean that he would not want, he doesn't want the breakthrough more than we do. He doesn't want to heal us more than, and I'm not talking only about physical healing. I'm, I'm, I'm going back again to, I feel that the Lord wants to do some healing of the minds this evening. And healing disappointment and healing things that have been disconnected in the way that we see life, in the way that you're like, yeah, no, that's okay. It's okay. Like it's it's almost like we have fallen to the default of like, if it God's will, it, it will happen. It will happen in almost this jaded state where you're afraid to dream and you're afraid to get your hopes up because you might get disappointed. And I propose, why, why not be like the Syrophoenician woman? I'm like, if he offends me, that's fine. If he has to offend my mind to get to my heart, let him do it. Let him do it. A transformed mind will look different like you will walk different you will see life different and that's worth it do i get everything that i want anytime that i want probably not i love this verse in matthew when it says and whoever has given up houses and mothers and fathers and lands and like will receive a lot more in the same age but then it says with persecution and i'm like what wait that's, that's a clause that I, I, what? You're promising all of this with persecution. And not necessarily persecution that I'm going to go after you, Zach, and I'm going to... But our prophetic words get persecuted. Our destiny gets persecuted. And sometimes we don't even need the enemy, let's face it. Like, we're, we're our own worst enemy. Like, we're the ones like, no, no, I can't do it. No, no, it's too dangerous. No, no, it's too... Dangerous. A renewed mind looks different. A renewed mind sees from the perspective of God and releases things and speaks things and acts accordingly. So why would you not hope? I'm not saying, oh, if you hope, it's going to happen tomorrow. That is not the character of the kingdom, to live hopeless, to live under this, like he died for something. He died for us to be reconnected with the Father. And again, going back to, uh, we had an amazing conversation with Kirsten today. Like we were just going back and forth, like this and this and that. And and this verse in Ephesians that basically, I'll, I'll let you, uh, if, if I, I was reading something for you that of the things that you possess. Ephesians says, and it's Paul talking about like, hey, you say that you belong to Paul and I belong to Cephas. And I'll, did Christ get divided into, into factions, into this? Like, like I did not uh, baptize something, da, 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 da. And he goes on and on. And on. But what I'm, I'm talking about, it says... Everything pertaining, everything is yours. The world is yours. Life is yours. Death is yours. The present is yours. The future is yours because you are in Christ and Christ is in God. That is where we start. That's our starting point.
the world is mine. <laughs> Everything pertaining to life is mine. Death is mine. What does that even look like? The present is mine. The future is mine. Because I belong to Christ and he is of God. I'm like, what? What does that look like practically? How would our lives be if we tune into that revelation? Because it's already there. It's almost like we have a check and we have this bank account that we can basically get our resources from, yet we don't use it. And I'm not saying, like, I, I, I still haven't seen anything. Like, I'm so, in this, and probably because of my dad as well, like, I'm in this moment of my life where I'm so wholly dissatisfied. I want to see, and I've seen people healed on the street, and I've seen bones being mended in an instant, and I've seen tumors, like, shrinking in front of my eyes and disappearing. Yet, I'm not seeing his healing yet. And I'm like, but I want more. And not only from my dad, like, I want to see what Jesus saw. It says he healed every single person. Every single demon fled. And we have the same spirit. It's, there's no difference. Like, John says that as he is, so are we in this world. And that's massive. That's massive. As he is, so are we in this world. Like, we are the living representation of the glorious Christ of the God of the universe why do we settle for so little like our lives our lives are so so much more like Matthew says aren't your lives more than clothing more than eating more than, why do you care about those things why do you worry about those things the pagans worry about those things and yet your father knows that you have need of everything and he will give you even more if we tap into that. So it's not about your age. It's not about your gender. It's not about your upbringing. It's not about, it doesn't matter. We have three very different stories here. Same results. Why? Because Jesus doesn't care about, like, not he doesn't care about you, but he doesn't care about our excuses. He doesn't care about your upbringing. That's not an obstacle for him. Like, it's not about just like, oh, Wendy, I'm sorry, because your mom did not give you that doll that you wanted for your eighth birthday. I'm so sorry. You're doomed. No, no. But we do life when we do things like that. No, because I was not brought up in a Christian home. Maybe I don't have that. If I had, if, if my parents knew this, if my parents knew that, like, it doesn't even matter. God is bigger. God is for everyone. So if you are for him, like, he'll be for you. Like it says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. But it's us making the first move draw near to god so i draw near to god and then he comes he draws near to me so i just want to challenge you i just want i i just i want to see him getting the full price of his sacrifice and not only in my life i want us as a bride as a collective body of christ to be so aware of who we are that Oh, when we go out there and even here, that people would get healed, that people would be set free, but above all, that people would know him, that we would be people that truly know him and know how to walk with him. Because it's not, it's not about looking great for the world to see. At the end of the day, like it's just you and him. Behind closed doors, behind, I can be telling you all the amazing stuff. I can have the most amazing testimonies. I have the, who am I when I'm alone with him? And that's, that's what will make the difference. This conversations, three different conversations. The way they replied to Jesus and the way that they were acting, so different. So different. Yet, they all went down the same road receive their healing, got an encounter with Jesus, transform. Yes, some of them were the official. Probably he was very wealthy, like he was very well connected. So he was like the posh one of the society. Healed him. 
Then the cripple man at the pool, nobody would give a dime for the man. Jesus healed him. Then the woman that was not even a Jew or an Israelite, and he even defended her. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, no, I don't care. I know that you can do it. And I love her for that. Like she refused to get offended and she got the healing for her daughter. Jesus doesn't care about our shortcomings, the failures, even the way that we see ourselves. He's God. He can do anything and everything. He just wants that heart connection. Who are you when you come towards him? I've had times when I've been not the nicest person to Jesus, and I'm angry because of this, and I don't understand that. And, and he would come, and miracles would happen. I'm like, what, 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 why are you doing this? But, but I'm not, I was not good. I was not nice. And like, I love you. And I was like, oh, thank you. He's like, I know that I don't deserve it. Jesus like, he's like, yeah, no, I know you don't, but I love you. He disarms me every single time, but because it's not by grace, it's not my, by my great effort, it's not by my might, it's not because of I'm saying the right things or doing the right things. My heart wants him. And I can honestly stand before you here and my heart wants him. That's it. Whatever it looks like, I want him. Whatever it looks like. I can look like a fool. I love Heidi Baker for that. Like, she does not care how she looks. And I'm like, Jesus, yes, I want some of that. Because at the end of the day, what is an image? What is it? Oh, yeah, and I'm sorry. Oh, my hair was messy. Like, whatever. If you're changing the world with your hair, looking like a raccoon, by all means. <laughs> <Just give up. laughs> not, not that I'm advising that. No, please, no. But... It's that, that, that balance of like, that balance of, I will go after you, Jesus, but it's not about me. It's not because of what I do. It's not because of the words that I say. It's about my heart. So I just wanted to share a little bit on that and invite you to come into a journey with me where I'm just going to pray over us and I'm just going to... Just declare that Jesus will break our molds and like meet us where he wants to meet us, that there will be transformation, that there will be, I'm going to pray for the renewed mind of Christ so we can see the way he sees, but also I'm going to pray for, for healing and restorations in the hearts and in the minds because, uh, Okay. What's your name? You in the long hair, flannel. <laughs> Rebecca. Rebecca. And I just hear the spirit of the Lord saying that you have been wondering and you have been questioning a lot of what has been happening to you in the last six months. And you're like, but Lord, like, this is not fair. This is not fair. This is not fair. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And the Lord is saying, like, I've seen your heart. I've seen your heart and do not grow weary. Do not grow weary because everything that he has allowed to come your way is because you have this inner strength that you don't even are aware of and people are watching and you are a pillar in your family that so many times that you're like, no, but they don't even listen to me and they're watching. They're watching and they have seen your strength and they have seen even how you react at things and you're actually very wise you're very wise and you have learned to control your mouth. And so many times when you have wanted to go like, you actually have held back. And that is a God-given grace. Even with all the process that you've been going through. But the Lord is saying, do not worry because he is going to bring people near you. And the close friends that your heart has been craving for because you were like, but I don't have any close friends. Like, where is the people that I can trust that I'm not going to betray? Because you have been in that season where people that were really close to you, they betrayed you. And they were actually saying things that were not true. And you were really, really, really misunderstood. But the Lord is saying, I want to come and I want to heal that. 
I want to heal that. And even the last six months that have been really, really hard and everything that you're going through, they have made you so strong. They have made you so strong. And he wants to come and to renew your mind, to renew your mind because of everything and all the, the pain. He wants to give you beauty for ashes. So guys, why don't you stretch your hands towards me and let's pray for Rebecca. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bless Rebecca. Father, thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for the transformational journey. And Rebecca, I just bless you. I just bless you to soar. I just bless you with healing and transformation. I pray over your mind. Father, would you come and would you heal? Would you heal? Would you heal the heart, Father? Would you heal the mind? And I just pray, Rebecca, that you will see that you will see your life in every single situation through Jesus' eyes. And Father, I just pray, I just pray just for this, this soothe. And Rebecca, it's just, you're so loved. Like you are so loved by many. Father, thank you for the friends that you're bringing. Thank you, Jesus, for the connections. Thank you for the heart connections. And thank you, Jesus, that you are giving her peace and rest. I bless your sleep, Rebecca. I bless your sleep. And I bless you with encounters with Jesus at nighttime. May the Lord minister to you all this week. And may you remember this month as a month of transformation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Welcome. So I'm just going to pray for the rest of us. And if you want to come forth, please come forth. If you want to stay in your seat, please stay in your seat. But I just want to make space for people that, thank you, Ashley, that just want to encounter God. God said, it's just, does your heart want him? Then come. Do you want him? Then come. It doesn't have to look like anything or everything there's no formula there's no book on what to do or not to do so i'm just gonna kneel and i'm just gonna pray for all of us and if you want to come and join me please do and if not receive from your chair but father thank you thank you for who you are and jesus i just pray i just pray that every single thing that has has stole your people's hopes and the dreams and the ability to trust father that that you will it will be reverted jesus i just speak right now to the minds to the souls to the emotions be aligned with jesus right now father thank you for transformation thank you for who you are and thank you for what you're doing today i just pray for healing i just pray that you will touch that you will touch every single person here that you would heal our hearts, our minds, our emotions. God, would you meet us? Would you meet us? Where we're, where, whether we're offended like the Syrophoenician woman, whether we're the cripple that will give you excuses on why things cannot happen in my life, whether we're the official that says that, yes, at your word, I will take you. Father, let us have an encounter with you. Father, do not let me walk away the same do not let me go back home the same lord i'm desperate i'm my heart wants you lord and i just i just want an encounter with you god it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like there's no no obstacle that's big for you there's no mountain or any excuse that will keep you from giving breakthrough to your people. So Father, I just pray for that connection, for that revelation, for that for hearts to be transformed and touched by you, Jesus. We bless you. I bless you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for visiting your people. Thank you for touching us. Thank you for healing, oh wonderful God of the universe, that you will come, that you would come. We don't take you for granted. We don't take you for granted, that you would come and that you would meet us 
where we are at. God of the universe, we worship you. Majestic Jesus, we come before you. Have your way. Mind of Christ, come upon every single person. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. And don't move on from this place, guys. Just carry on receiving. Come and meet him. Ask Praveen, please, for keys. And hand the mic back to Ashley, if you have anything. released we're just gonna stay in this place for a moment before we close but just let him come let him come and do what he wants to
as we've just been spending a moment with him, I felt that in line with that promise in the Bible where it says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. I felt the Lord say, in that place of drawing close to him and him drawing near to us, that we'll be able to hear his voice, but we'll be able to hear the subtleties in his voice, the the lyrical waxing and waning of his voice as it goes up and down and the intonations and the, the warmth and the delight and the laughter upon it and the, the depth and the things that resonate uh, within the bass of his voice in that place of drawing close. His voice won't just be an echo, it won't be, um, it won't be bland, it won't be monotonal. We'll be able to hear every rich tone, every, every high and jingling, laughing note, every warmth and love and compassion and the heart that is transpiring behind it, the heart that is pushing the the words forward. When you truly draw near, you hear the richness of it. And so I bless you t- today that as you draw close There is the promise that he draws close to you and that you will hear him. Not far off, but so close. And so, Lord, would you open up our ears to hear you in all of your richness. To know the things that delight your heart within it, that move your heart, that are placed upon your heart. And Lord, let it land upon us that we would treasure it that we would hold it dear, that we would hold high weight upon it, because it is yours.